It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast, where we recap all of college football, Illini sports, Chicago Bears, and able to talk to coaches all over the country and have great conversations. And we will also be discussing college basketball, probably not the NBA because it's softer than college basketball. And nobody got time to talk about anything like that. But 
If any of that interests you, please hit the like and subscribe button on the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. And the podcast can be found literally anywhere you listen to your podcast. Please hit the follow button on those. Please leave it a review. Give it a rating. Be a friend. Tell a friend. It will let you know when the weekly episodes drop. I greatly appreciate everybody that listens or watches. Please do that for me. Hit the like button, subscribe button, follow it, leave a review. It helps me out so much. Thank you. If you're able to do that for me. The podcast is also brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Um, If you go to bellyupsports.com and check out that website with all other different podcasts and blogs and everything else going on there, um, I think you guys would enjoy it. So go to bellyupsports.com and check all that out. Betting season is in full swing. College football, you know, is still going on. Uh, We're slowly coming to, not quite to an end, but there's going to be less games here in a couple weeks, which is sad to think about. Uh, But college basketball is in full swing. NBA is going on. NFL is getting halfway through its season. Um, And you want to make your bets at MyBookie. If you go to MyBookie.ag, make sure that uh, you use the code BELLYUPFANTASY, and it's going to double your first deposit. So So no matter what you deposit, with that code, it's going to double. You do ten bucks, you're going to get twenty bucks, hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, four hundred bucks, a thousand, two thousand, whatever, whatever you want to deposit. Use the code BellyUpFantasy at mybookie.ag. It's going to double your first deposit. Free money. Everybody loves free money. This podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football and is back to the basics books. If you're a football coach like me, we're coming into our off season. Even if you coach basketball or any other winter sport, you're still going to look for ways to get better at football. And Coach Stone has got you covered. If you go to CoachStoneFootball.com, he's got so many books I can't keep up. Um, They're big books. Um, I know his very first one is over 500 pages. You'll literally never have to look up another drill again. You know, we're searching YouTube. We're searching wherever. If you're just looking for basic drills, um, you're taking over as a new head football coach, you're a a new young coach coming in, and you're looking for drills to kind of bring to the table, he's got you covered. He's got strength conditioning books even. Um, It can be used in youth football. It can be used in high school ball. And can even be used in college. You know, sometimes you got to get back way back to the basics. So that's why his books are titled Back to the Basics. So go to CoachStoneFootball.com, uh, check out all of his books. And I thank Coach Stone for uh, sponsoring the podcast and helping me out with anything in the football world. And if you're looking for an energy drink for that midday pick-me-up, uh, but you don't want that crash that happens after an hour or so, well, or you're looking for a pre-workout to go on the run or the gym, but you're afraid of the pre-workouts that are going to give you jitters, Um, because they have all the caffeine and other stuff that's mixed into them. Uh, Well, you need a clean nutritional drink uh, for that midday pick-me-up and that pre-workout. If you go to swiftlifestyles.com, they got exactly what you're looking for. It comes in a tub. It's not an energy drink in a can. It's a tub. You just put a scoop into about 8 ounces of water, 10 ounces of water, drink it, you're good to go. Uh, Gives you the brain activity, and you don't even realize it. You're just kind of awake. Your eyes are going to open up. You're kind of alert. Um, There's no jitter. There's no crash anything like that. It has none of the other crap in it that you're going to see in other places. It's a clean nutritional drink. If you go to swiftlifestyles.com, use the code Coach Steve Show, all one word, you're going to get 15% off. I got the uh, bubblegum flavor. It tastes exactly like old school bubblegum when we played uh, youth baseball. It tastes exactly like that. It's delicious, um, and you get 30 servings, so you're not just buying a can, drinking it, and it's gone. You got to go spend another 2 or $3 to get another energy drink or anything like that. No, SwiftLifestyles.com, Coach Steve Show, all one word, and you get 15% off. It lets them know I sent you. Help support the podcast. Go try it out. It's delicious. And it's not overwhelming you with all this other stuff on there. So go do that for me. Be greatly appreciated. So they came out with their college football rankings, the second one. And there's been great debate on it again. 
Some of it I'm going to repeat myself. Some of it other people have already said. And there's something on here that I just don't agree with, and this is why we need to go to a college football, different college football playoff outlook. So they came out with their second college football playoff rankings of uh, the 2021 season. Uh, Georgia did not move. They are still their number one, and nobody has an argument there. Number two, they kept Alabama. Um, Now, some people did have a problem with this because of how they played against LSU. Now, this one, I understand your argument, but also just go away. Uh, Alabama, to me, is still the second best team in the nation, and I don't see any other team 10 out of 10 times going to beat them. Maybe if you put them against one of these teams, maybe nine times out of 10, they get Alabama, but that's with anybody. Um, Just how it is because you play the game on the field. So a lot of you guys that are just trying to find a way to get Alabama out of here, I I got nothing for you. They are the second. It's Georgia than everyone else now, I think, after Alabama, the way they played LSU. Um, And it's sad, sad to say that, but as of right now, that's what it is. Uh, Alabama, you know, as a coach, you're not going to overlook the team they're playing this week. But at the same time, this win that they're going to get this week is not going to put them up to that number one or change some of people's minds. They are playing New Mexico State. Now, Coach Nick Saban, like any other coach, he's not going to overlook this game. You know, we've seen it many times a couple years ago where he won the rant of Georgia Southern. You know, like, why are we overlooking this team? Do you not remember when we played Georgia Southern? Uh, It's rat poison, so... Uh, Nick Saban's not going to overlook this team that they're playing in New Mexico State. I do think they're going to win out and get to the SEC championship game, and hopefully they get on a groove and they don't play like they did against LSU. But, you know, that Texas A&M loss may come back to bite them, but if they take care of business against New Mexico State, then they got to play Arkansas, which is a tough team. But if they can ju- if they can really improve, take a step forward against them and then Auburn, not win by 20, 30, 40, 50, but just win in Alabama fashion, they will have a chance against Georgia. But to some of you that are really reaching deep here, and maybe I'm reaching deep with some of these, I don't know, but in my opinion, you're reaching deep saying, why are they number two? The way they get LSU, well, who are you going to put above them? You want to put Cincinnati above them? I think you put Cincinnati against Alabama, they win every time. You're going to put Oklahoma above them? Well, we've, we've seen that song and dance before. You're going to put Ohio State in front of them? Well, we saw that dance last year. Uh, you're going to put Oregon above them? No. So, to me, the Alabama and the Georgia rankings have to stay the same. I don't see any problem with that one at all. Here's where we're going to start to get a little interesting. So, Michigan State, you know, they lose to Purdue. Purdue has been a monster slaying giant this year. They slayed Iowa, which we see Iowa ever since then has kind of stumbled. Uh, and then uh, maybe Purdue broke their spirit. Then Purdue beat Michigan State after Michigan State became number three in the college football rankings. Well, now Oregon has moved up to number three. Um, they struggled a little bit against Washington, uh, but they pulled the win out. And then they put Ohio State at number four. And I am not, this is going to be a little biased. I am not an Ohio State person. I never have liked Ohio State. I respect what they do, I respect how they win. But, you know, some of you guys, the way you feel against Alabama, I feel against Ohio State. But for me, it's because I am a Big Ten guy, you know, watching Illinois. Yes, I'm an Illinois fan. So, Maybe some of this is jealousy. I don't know if, if Illinois won like that all the time. Uh, I probably wouldn't feel this way. But Ohio State, I just there's just something about them year in and year out. I just cannot stand. Who knows? But at the end of the day, you're looking at the rankings. Yeah, maybe they should just be up there. Now, Oregon, Ohio State played earlier in the year. Oregon did beat them. 
I think if you put Ohio State back versus Oregon, they might win. But for right now, Oregon beat Ohio State, so the making sense of Oregon has to outrank Ohio State does make sense, no matter what the schedule is and everything else. That's just the, just the way the college football rankings and playoffs is right now. That's the way it has to go, and I, I agree with that now as we go down here. This is where I don't like what has happened here now. Cincinnati has moved to number five. People are still making the argument that Cincinnati needs to be in the top four in the college football rankings. If you listen to my last podcast episode, I'm going to repeat myself. They do not deserve to be in the top four unless a lot of dominoes fall. Michigan is right behind them at number six, and we'll discuss this here in a second. But even to me, Michigan could beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not a bad team, but I just think the way the only real team they've beaten is Notre Dame. Notre Dame is sitting at number nine. Notre Dame is not of the, the what they were last year. If this if this Cincinnati team beat last year's Notre Dame team, yes, then make all the arguments. But Notre Dame doesn't have a tough schedule as of right now either. They're not doing everything like all that stuff. Again, Cincinnati does not deserve to be in the top four. And if that, the only way they deserve to get in the top four, I've said, is if they just dominate the rest of their schedule. You almost lost to Tulsa. Tulsa is two or three bad offensive play calls away. I mean, give credit to Cincinnati's defense, but they're two or three offensive play calls away from it being 28-26 in that game. And then either and then Tulsa tying it up to get to overtime. So they're two or three bad offensive play calls away and a good offensive play call getting into overtime and then maybe screwing it up away from losing that game. But you allow a Tulsa team, which is not playing very great right now, not a good team right now, to almost beat you and compete with you and you don't take care of business. So be lucky you're at number five and not sitting down there at number eight because to me, they have Oklahoma at eight because of their schedule, but I think their schedule is tougher than Cincinnati. But Oklahoma sitting at number eight, they're nine and oh. You can make the case that Oklahoma should be above Cincinnati because of their schedule. But Oklahoma, you know, the way they have been playing is what they're looking at. So Cincinnati, you have lucked out to number five because if you're going by the way you are playing, ever since the Notre Dame game, you have not played up to your potential. Uh, now, if you were 9-0 in the Big 12, yeah, you probably make the case um, putting you at number four or sitting here at number five. And then the moment one of these teams slips up, you sneak in. But as of right now, I don't think you need to be in the top four. Is it going to happen? Maybe because if Georgia beats Alabama which stinks because Alabama has lost to Texas A&M, which is number 11, and they would have lost to Georgia, who's number one. Alabama, even sitting at two losses, makes an argument to get into the top four. Uh, but like, let's say Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC championship game. Oregon doesn't lose again, and Ohio State doesn't lose again. You're looking at Georgia, Oregon, Ohio State, and then that number four spot, who's it going to be? Uh, if Ohio State wins out, who's it going to be? Do they slide Cincinnati up there? If Oklahoma goes undefeated, do they sneak in up there? If Michigan beats Ohio State and then whoever wins the Big Ten, like it's just a lot of craziness right now because you got this top four and looking around at what's happening in college football. What if Purdue slays Ohio State to Cincinnati sneak in? What if Michigan wins this? Michigan just make the jump and then you're going to have the argument, well, they were number six and now like just a lot of things. But as we said right now, Cincinnati does not deserve to be in the top four. I am very sorry. Because I'm shocked even some, a little bit that Oklahoma's at number eight. Because if you're going by the way people are playing, I think Oklahoma could beat Cincinnati. Uh, I think it'd be a great game, though. It'd be a great game, high-scoring game, because I don't think their defenses would stop each other. But you got to look at it that way. If you're going by the way 
this is why I don't understand sometimes the way the committee looks. Is it their schedule? Is it how they're playing? Is it, oh, you're going to go buy their last two games or anything like that? Don't understand it. But now here's where I have a big problem, and this is why we need to expand the freaking playoff. If this year and last year doesn't show that we need to, maybe maybe all these football teams say, you know what, we're not going to join the college football playoff. We're going to do our own thing and schedule. I don't know at the end of the year, just something. They have Michigan at number six which I don't really have a problem with. I do think Michigan is a lot better than they have been. Ever since Jim Harbaugh kind of took a step back and let his guys do their thing, uh, they, they have been a lot better. But Michigan State's in at number seven. So we're going by this narrative that Oregon – we're going by this thing, that, and everybody's saying it. Ohio State, if they play Oregon again, Ohio State wins. So that's what people are saying, and I can't really argue it right now the way they're playing. Not saying Ohio State beating world beaters. I'm not saying Oregon's beating world beaters either, but that's what they're saying, and we're going to go by that narrative. But Oregon is ranked above because they beat Ohio State when they played head to head. So right now you got Michigan at number six, number six, and Michigan State at number seven. Now normally I don't have a problem with this because of Michigan State losing to Purdue and Michigan going on and winning. But the problem is Michigan State and Michigan played head to head, and Michigan State won. So you as a committee right now are telling us that Oregon is above Ohio State, even though Ohio State is playing better, actually, up until last week. But ever since that game, you can make the argument Ohio State has played better. Oregon is getting the wins, but Ohio State has played better. But Oregon is ranked above them because of the fact that they beat Ohio State. Well, now you're telling us that that's just a bunch of crap because Michigan and Michigan State played Michigan State, beat Michigan. Oh, but since Michigan State lost to Purdue, that overrides that that win and Michigan is now above this. So this is why I don't understand what the committee looks at at all. Are you looking at the way they're playing? Are you looking at their schedule? Because if you're just looking at schedule, you put Ohio State above them. If you're looking at the way they're playing, you put Ohio State above Oregon. Yeah, Michigan played better than Michigan State last week. But like this is where I don't understand. This is why we need to expand the playoff or look at who's in the freaking committee and be like, okay, you're dumb. You don't know what's going on. Put some old coaches in there. Let's go hire some older coaches that are retired that are in the booth doing things, that are traveling around watching this, they're actually watching film, they actually understand watching film, uh, put them on the playoff committee. I don't understand it. It's really frustrating to watch that and see that because re- nobody would have said anything if you put Michigan State at 6 and Michigan at 7. We would have sat here and because I think they kind of want Michigan in the playoff. I think they kind of want to put them in there to change it up. Not saying it's going to do great for them, because you put Michigan against Georgia, it may not go well. But nobody would have batted an eyelash if you put Michigan State at seven and Michigan, or Michigan State at six and Michigan at six. Not one person would have batted an eyelash whatsoever. We would have sat here and said, "Oh, the reason why that is is because Michigan State beat Michigan." So right now you're kind of, you're trying to tell us that, oh, this is why we're doing this, but then you do the opposite. So you're telling us that we're idiots. You're telling us we have the short term memory. Kind of like in politics. Politics thinks we have the short-term memory. We don't know what's going on. We don't understand. Don't remember stuff that's happened. Hopefully it gets brushed under the rug or gets deleted and you don't you know, whatever. So college football, you were, are you are you going that way? So this makes absolutely no sense. This is why you need to do the top 12 for a playoff or you need to expand back the freaking regular season and do the top 25. Make it mean something. The first seed gets a bye or you have a playoff, play-in game something because if you did that yeah we probably would have looked at this and said well why is Michigan ranked higher than this blah 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 blah. but that's why this makes no sense to me and I don't understand 
Because if we're going to compare it to the top 25, and that's another thing. That's that's a whole other issue is when you have your, and I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. When you have your college football rankings and then you have your top 25 rankings and that they're different, like, I don't understand why they're different. Why are they different? Um, because in the top 25, they have Cincinnati at number two, but then you have them at number five in their college football rankings. So if we look at the Associated Press top 25, they have Georgia at number one, Cincinnati at number two, Alabama at three, Oklahoma at four, then Oregon at five, Ohio State at six, Notre Dame is seven, and then this is where it makes a little sense. Now, the Notre Dame one, uh, but this, this is where it makes sense. So you got Michigan at eight, Michigan State at eight, sorry, and then Michigan at nine. And the reason why we would sit here and look at this and say, oh, it's because Michigan State beat Michigan. Okay, makes total sense, does not bother me. Uh, and then they're above Oklahoma State and then Texas A&M, and you know it is what it is. Uh, Wake Forest is still around because they're eight and one, and you know they 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 score a lot of points, and I think that's what they look at. So we've got to change this up. We've got to do where it's a top twelve. You've got to or do scale back the regular season, do a top twenty five first round gets a bye, and they actually travel to the places they're going to play, kind of like FCS does. And I, nobody, I think everybody would love it. You still and and when you talk about money, yeah, they're going to make money, but you're still going to make money off of this college football playoff TV deals that they're going to have because you're going to have all the playoff games on TV. Do they get a percentage of ticket sales? I have no idea, but there's ways for them to make money. Bowl games could call the school and say, hey, we're going to give so much money, just put our logo somewhere. On the commercial one that's being played on the TV, put it up on the scoreboard, put a banner up, and then we'll take the banner down. Uh, We're going to give so much money to the school or schools. They both get some of the cut. Um, and then the NCAA, like, so there's ways to make money. And then once you get to the Elite Eight or whatever, it turns into bowl games. There's your money. Keep the Final Four, you know, and then you get to the Rose Bowl or wherever you want. Like, there's ways around it. And I've talked about it. And don't, I'm going to continue to be a dead horse until it changes. But, yeah, the, the, this ranking, I like it at the top. It makes sense. And then you get to the other part that doesn't make sense. So the things have got to change. Things have got to get better. It makes no sense to me. We need different people on the committee or they need to have a fine line. You know, we got away from the old way because it was a computer. And so when you looked at the computer, well, sometimes the top two didn't make sense. Well, now you're putting the human element into it, which is fine. But I think you need to find a way to do both. And the only way is to expand it, have clear cut of what's going on. Maybe get some coaches in there that actually can watch film and understand how to watch film and not just get people that don't understand the game and everything else. Uh, we're going to move on and talk about college football week 11. Yes, we're in week 11. It is is—it's crazy how we're moving along. We're just going to discuss some games that are going to catch our eye and that maybe have impact on what's going to happen. Um, this one is interesting to me that we are going to talk about is Oklahoma and Baylor. Baylor coming off a tough loss versus TCU, the first one without Gary Patterson. Baylor is number 13 in the nation, and we're going by top 25. I'm not going by the college football playoff because it's stupid. And then Oklahoma is in at number eight. Um, Oklahoma is sticking with their young quarterback. Um, right now they are 68%. The reason why this is a big game is because Oklahoma is trying to make a way into the college football playoff. But Baylor actually plays pretty well. Baylor is averaging 36 points a game. 
They are only giving up 20. Oklahoma is scoring 42, and they're giving up 24. They're very similar in yards. 477 for Oklahoma, 457 for Baylor. Now, Baylor, though, is way more balanced. They pass the ball for 226 yards a game and then run it for 230 a game. Oklahoma is passing for 295 a game and only rushing 181. So the reason why I like this game is I think it's going to be it's going to be a pretty even game, and it's going to be whoever comes out and executes better. So right now, Oklahoma is going to be motivated because they're trying to figure out a way how they're going to get into the playoff, which we've seen that before, what happens when they make the playoff. But Baylor's looking to play spoiler, and they're looking to try to win the Big 12. Um, Coach Aranda's really got Baylor playing well, and people think of Baylor as his defense because of him, that they're going to stop people. But they're actually, their offense is pretty good. So the reason why I think we, people need to watch this game is because you're going to see some good offense. You're going to see Oklahoma do what they do. You're going to see a lot. Of, you're going to see a lot of GT counter. You're going to see a lot of GH counter. You're going to see quarterback counter. You're going to see all that stuff in zone. You're going to see really cool shallow screens. You're going to see tight end screens. You're going to see air raid stuff pass through and all that stuff. Baylor does the same thing. They run all very similar stuff. So you're going to see very similar offenses. Um, you're going to see Baylor's defense try to fly around. I think it's the real reason why I bring this up. It's going to be an exciting game. If Oklahoma slips up, though, this would ruin their chances, I think, of getting into the college football playoff. And then after that, you may have to say, okay, Cincinnati, you deserve to be there over them. But this is a game I think people need to watch out for. Um, still no Spencer Ryler. You know, I think he's going to be gone after this year. He's not going to stick around, which, which I mean, you can't really – you can kind of blame him. I think you can just compete to get your job back. Uh, but, you know, their their young quarterback's playing pretty well. Um, he's figuring out the offense. He's just getting better each week. And they're uh, – but Baylor's no joke either. You know, uh, Bohannon, their quarterback, he's thrown for almost 2,000 yards, 15 touchdowns and five interceptions, which is crazy. Their running back, Smith, is crazy. He has a 1,500 – or, excuse me, 1,055 yards and 11 touchdowns. So this is going to be – this could – this has the capability when they're both averaging um, – Baylor's almost averaging 40, and Oklahoma is averaging over 40. This is gonna, this could be a high-scoring game. So right now, if you're just not going by, I don't know what you use to bet. Right now, Oklahoma is minus 5.5. The over-under is 62. You may almost want to take the over because when each team is giving up 24 to 20 points, but they're averaging so much, you got to find the even ground. So if Baylor's giving up 20, Oklahoma is averaging 42. Oklahoma could score in the 30s, about 30 points. You know, Oklahoma's giving up 24 points a game, and Baylor's scoring 36. They might score 28. So right there, you're getting over the 62. You might want to take the over on that one, but it's going to be an exciting game. Uh, Mississippi State and Auburn. This is going to be a great. Mississippi State was number 17 in the nation. They lose to Arkansas, and then they are not ranked anymore. That I don't understand that. Arkansas is back to being ranked at 25. I don't know. Some people think they shouldn't have been ranked up that high. But this is what happens sometimes with a um, Coach Leach team is they beat teams that they're not supposed to beat, and then they lose teams they're not supposed to lose to. But uh, Will Rogers is playing out of his mind. He has 3,307 passing yards, 23 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. Again, I'm telling you here in about a year or two when, um, especially the offensive line up front, sometimes they struggle in pass protection with Mississippi State, which is that's what they're predicated on. But when that offensive line was used to running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, then the air raid comes in during COVID year. You can't even really install the way you want to install and figure it out. If you watch the offensive tackles for Mississippi State, um, if you could line – and what Arkansas did is they lined up in wide nines 
and they just came after their their offensive tackles. And when you get pressure on the outside sometimes, if you try to give the quarterback happy feet, which Will Rogers does a good job of not getting happy feet for quarterbacks, it causes a little problem. So if you can really get some pressure on them, that's the only way you can really stop the air raid and you play tough and man-to-man coverage. But Mike Leach is a mastermind, and they're going to find a way. Will Rogers is playing better. So I think, well, I know, when Mississippi State's wide receivers are in the system for a couple years, uh, Will Rogers is a young quarterback. He's going to be really good. He's going to be really good for the next like two years, maybe even three years if they allow him to stay again. The wide receivers are built into that system. The offensive line's built into that system. Watch out for Mississippi State. You know, I might have taken some heats in. The air raid works in the SEC, and we need to just stop that conversation. But then they come out and lose to Arkansas, which is not a bad loss. Arkansas is a good team, so people need to get off my freaking freaking ass over it. Um, but this is going to be a great game. You know, Auburn's coming off the tough loss versus Texas A&M. So the keys for this game is Mississippi State's just going to have to not give up the sacks, not give up the pressures, just take what our Auburn's defense is giving them. Will Rogers has got to do what Will Rogers does. Uh, you know, then I think once in a while they're going to have to sneak in a run. Mike Leach is not going to call the run, but Will Rogers has really got to read it and then just they got to sneak in some runs. But I also think some screens are going to come into play if Auburn's going to drop everybody and they think that's how they're going to beat them like Arkansas. Key screens are going to come into play. Running back screens are going to really come into play. So those are the type of things that on offense they've got to do. On defense, they've really just got to – their front seven or their front line and their linebackers are just going to have to get hands-on and drive back Auburn's uh, offensive line. If you saw watch that Texas A&M game with Auburn, the way Texas A&M's defensive line really played well and Auburn's offensive line did not, uh, Texas A&M's defensive line really just got hands-on, really didn't try to rip off or anything. They just bull rushed. They just try to push them back, say, I'm a man, you're not the man. Or, you know, To be the man, you got to beat the man. And they said, we're going to drive you back. And what happens is, is when you get your defensive line to get hands on the offensive line and you allow the linebackers to be freed up, they can go make plays. So Mississippi State's going to have to come in and say, okay, we're going to have to just maybe not stun as much. We're going to have to slant. We're going to have to get our hands on. We've got to blitz from the weak side and make Bo Nix run. Now he is a good runner. But if you're able to move him around a little bit and be physical with the wide receivers, and if their wide receivers on Auburn side on offense do not make plays, do not get off there, that's the way to slow them down. Yeah, they're going to get some plays. Bo Nix is going to run and make plays. But I think if you make Bo Nix run and you take care of everything else, you know, that's your key to win. So on offense for them and defense, that's what they have to do. Auburn, their wide receivers are going to have to step up and make plays, and their offensive line is going to have to step up. They did not play well against Texas A&M, so their offensive line is just going to have to step up and play. Uh, but I, again, Auburn right now is a 66% favorite to win. I don't think it should be that way because you never know if Mississippi State needs to almost be 50-50. But um, keys to the game there. Um, I only bring up – I'm going to bring up Georgia and Tennessee. Georgia is an 88.6% favorite. The reason why I think this one's going to be interesting is I think you will see Tennessee move the ball. It's not saying they're going to come in and score 30 points at all. Tennessee is averaging 38 points a game. But Georgia's only given up six. I think you're going to see Tennessee score about 17 to 24 points. Tennessee is like a Mississippi State. Tennessee right now, they are not playing that bad. I know they're sitting at five and four. Um, Their defense is giving up points. Again, you give them a couple years, they're going to be pretty well. 
The only thing about Tennessee that worries me is the type of offense. This up-tempo offense doesn't always seem to sustain very, very long. And that's why you see some of these up-tempo offensive guys move around. They do pretty well, and then they move on. Move on. Um, hopefully Tennessee can do that, but I, that's long-term. Right now, here in the, in the three- to four-year span, I think here in next year and the year after, they're going to be pretty good. Tennessee is building something special, and when you watch their offense, it's simple, but they can disguise it with their motions and their formations. And when you do certain RPOs, it gives that quarterback an out to hand the ball off. You're just running simple slants or glance routes and everything else. I'm just bringing this game up because Georgia's going to be locked in. They know this up-tempo offense. It, the reason why I bring this up is because I'm going to be curious to see a Tennessee or Georgia defense go up against a real up-tempo offense and see what happens with that. And maybe it'll show some type of weaknesses in Georgia's defense and so like an Alabama can see it. So that's why I'm thinking this game is going to actually have bigger implications than everybody realizes because – we're going to see Tennessee have that up-tempo offense and see if they can move the ball. And if they can move the ball, you know, Georgia or Alabama's going to watch and everybody else on the schedule and see what they're doing. Does Alabama think, okay, well, if we go to an up-tempo, we're able to do that, all that stuff. So we're going to see what they can do with that. And that's the only reason why I bring it up. Tennessee is not going to win. Not saying they're going to win. But I think Tennessee is going to be able to move the ball. I don't think they're going to stop Georgia because Tennessee's defense is not playing the best. But I think we just need to watch what they do on offense, and so other teams might steal it. Not, again, they're not going to score 40. They're not going to score 30. They might not even get to the 17. I'm just bringing that up because of how they move the ball, the up-tempo. Are they going to catch Georgia sleeping one time? Because they are college kids. But we have to watch that. Um, Georgia's Georgia. But let's just pay attention to that game. And then the last one uh, is Texas A&M and Old Miss. Old Miss is beat up right now. They have a couple guys that are banged up. Um, Texas A&M is playing a lot better. They're playing a little slower. But their offensive line defensive lines are playing a lot better. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how a Texas A&M does handle an up-tempo offense like Old Miss. So, again, it's the same thing. Let's see what they do. Let's see how they handle an Old Miss up-tempo. Matt Corral is going to have to show up and play. Um, Calzada is going to continue to take a step forward. But what's interesting is – Old Miss um, scores 37 a game, but they are going up against a Texas A&M defense that's only getting up 17 and beat Alabama, and Old Miss did not beat Alabama. So Matt Corral is going to have to come in and play pretty well. You know, he has, you know, 2,500 yards passing, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. So I think Old Miss may have to slow it down from time to time, but it's going to be really cool to see that up tip of offense versus that defense and how that how the front – on the defense for Texas A&M is just playing lights out. They're playing a lot better ever since the Alabama game. So can Old Miss's offensive line go? That's the game we're going to have to look at. Corral's going to get his. The wide receivers are going to get theirs. Texas A&M, their offense is going to get theirs. They're going to take the short passing game. Spiller's a great running back. You know he's going to get his against their three four on Old Miss. So what we're really going to have to watch is I'm going to be watching the offensive line and defensive lines for both teams. Old Miss's offensive line, how are you going to handle Texas A&M's defensive line that's playing a lot better? So I think when you're watching this game, or I don't think I know, you're going to have to look at – everybody's going to look at the quarterback and wide receivers. Me, you're going to have to look at the defensive line, offensive line, to see how they're playing. It could be a great game. Go check it out, all that stuff. So watch for that game. Um, but good games in the college football week 11. Sometimes you don't really get some of these games, but good games overall. Um, and, again, we got to change the college football playoff. Um, but that's it, guys. Uh that's it for that episode. Um, 
you know, loyal listeners out there, podcast episodes are going to change. I do coach basketball. So we're going to have different things on there, but looking to get some guys on throughout this winter. I'm going to be looking at continuing to do this. College basketball is coming up. Going to have a college basketball episode um, once we start getting into that. Um, Hashtag ILL, INI for Illinois. Um, But that's it, guys. Please go check out all the affiliates in the description below. Uh, Please go like and subscribe to the podcast and follow and leave a review and rate it for me, please. And thank you. Um, And like what should happen to the college football playoff system that we currently have that is stupid and we need you guys in there to change it and just change it all together. We are gone.